up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Monday, January 21st, Super Bowl L-I-I-I. The Rams and the Patriots will take place. We just had an incredible conference championship weekend. I am Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. If you are new here, hope you enjoy it. We're going to have a blast leading up to the Super Bowl. We will be live on CBS Sports HQ Five days a week leading up. I hope it's not six because then that'll ruin my Saturday. Um, in the meantime, let's get down to our recap show of Championship Sunday featuring the dynamic. Well, it's a quartet. It's a quartet of super friends, NFL super friends. Ryan Wilson, our NFL draft expert and uh, still writing about the NFL. You're still grinding this career out, huh? Haven't switched over to the draft. Gotta keep you? all your avenues open. I'm like you. <laughs> uh, Sean Wagner McGuff. Uh, who appears to have put a curtain on his window. Proud of you. Big oh, steps. wow. Yeah, well, my uh, my cheap blinds actually fell off in a tragic move, and so I bought these cheap blinds or these cheap curtains. That's enough about your curtains. Uh, and, of course, oh, John Breach, live from New Orleans. What's up, buddy? Uh, I think I am right now the only sober person in New Orleans. <laughs> I thought you guys should know that. Uh, I'm still uh, – hey, by the way, I'm making it through. All I got to do is get uh, through one more weekend of dryuary. Sean's enjoying uh, – anyway, anyway, let's get to the games. Oh, dilly-dally. I don't want to get yelled at for dilly-dallying. Uh, <laughs> incredible set of games on Sunday. We'll start with the one on CBS because we're good company men. Uh, it was – I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That, that Like, if the Chiefs-Patriots, and it ended up being a 37-31 overtime victory. Both games went to overtime. Chiefs-Patriots, if that had been a Super Bowl – we would be talking about that as a top five all-time Super Bowl because it, it, the 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 final half, the second half, and the fourth quarter were some of the most exciting, intense, drama-filled football action you will ever see. We went to the break fourteen nothing, Sean. The Chiefs could do nothing; they got nothing going. They had uh, they had less offensive yards than the Patriots had offensive plays. And then they almost came away with the win multiple multiple times as a Chiefs de facto like you're sort of a Chiefs backer. How sad! I'm I'm devastated by this result, especially the, the Patriots winning by six. But how uh, how how sad are you as a Chiefs backer? I'm sad. I mean this. I mean I almost felt as devastated by this as I did when the Bears lost to the yeah. Eagles because. I, I love this Chiefs team more than I've loved any other team that I don't like root for inherently. And I mean, you mentioned, but what, what an incredible game. And I, I think one reason why I was rooting for the Chiefs is because I was covering this game and I wanted to write about, you know, the changing of the guard, the passing of the torch between Mahomes and Brady, you know, Reed getting his, you know, not revenge, but getting his moment over Belichick and all that. But it's still a great story. I mean, you still have the Patriots in this down season that I mean I at least I've spent this entire time talking about how I don't care where they're playing the Patriots aren't talented enough to beat this Chiefs team Andy Reid's clock management's not going to matter when Mahomes is up 14 points in the fourth quarter and all this and even in a down season the Patriots are still good enough to go on the road into Arrowhead and really impose their their method of the game on on the Chiefs and Look, the second half, when pretty much all the points were scored, 54 points were scored after halftime, 14 points were scored before halftime, is what's going to be talked about. But that first half mattered because it gave the Patriots a 14-point advantage, a cushion that they needed in order to get this game into overtime. And it was the Patriots coming out, and you know, while the rest of the league adopts these pass-heavy, 
these exotic offense, you know, formations and all this, the Patriots come out and just ran it down uh, the Chiefs' throat, and the, and the Chiefs had no answers, and the end result was a 14-point halftime lead, which ended up mattering in the end. And I think I thought it was a masterclass in Bill Belichick getting the most out of a team that is not as talented as the Chiefs. They're, they're, they're just not as talented top to bottom. And it was Bill Belichick getting the most out of this roster and I would, I've bet against the Patriots twice now in two playoff games. I will not be doing that against the Rams, even though it's once again a matchup of, you know, old versus new, future versus past. I'm going to take the Patriots, you know, um, in this next game because I've bet against them twice and they found a way to overcome more talented teams because Bill Belichick's brilliant. Cool. Mm. Good podcast. Good podcast, guys. Uh, Ryan, Here. Ryan well, well, look, 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 what, I, what, what hurt the Chiefs? What was the big, the most devastating moment for the Chiefs, Ryan? Because I mean, I think, I mean, I think this was actually a good example of Andy Reid coaching pretty well. I think he could have yeah. called timeouts in overtime to give his guys a break, maybe reset the defense. Uh, but the Patriots broke their back on multiple long third downs. They had an interception during regulation to end the game. But that during regulation was, yeah, it was during regulation yeah, to end the game. With, with and, the it was, left. and offsides on D Ford. I mean, they, you know, the, the, Patrick Mahomes missed multiple wide open touchdown passes that if he hits him, it's a different game. I mean, what was, what was the worst moment for the Chiefs fans? Chiefs, Chiefs fans, the Chiefs, Andy Reid, whoever else. Well, was Sean Wagner, Chief. Yeah, it was death by a thousand cuts, basically, because as Sean pointed out, the, the Patriots started out 14 nothing. I'll just read you a few stats that should get your attention given that, uh, Pat Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns and, uh, they were nearly unstoppable offensively throughout the year. Uh, 36 to 18 first downs, Patriots won that one. <sighs> 94 to 47 was a play differential. Patriots won that. They doubled them up on plays. I, I mean, right there, you can tor- sort of stop the conversation. Total yards, 524 to 290. And then perhaps, the, I mean, you talk about that defense being tired. I think Andy Reid would have to call three straight timeouts to give him a chance at the goal line at the end. The time of possession was 4359 to 2053. Mm. Uh, also, Tom Brady wasn't sacked. I think he was hit once or twice. If you let that old man stand up, stand back there all day, <laughs> he is going to carve you up. Especially when your defense is hot garbage, and that's exactly what happened last week. Uh, we were touting how how good the Chiefs' defense played, but I mean, I don't think anyone expected them to do that in back-to-back weeks. No one was surprised when, when the Patriots came out the way they did and had success, even if we may have been surprised by the fact they just decided to run the ball. Just to, uh, by the way, just to pile on what you're saying, um, the uh, you have I saw James Palmer. Uh, tweet this out, but he said multiple Chiefs players, James Palmer of NFL Network, multiple, multiple Chiefs players on offense and defense said they could tell Brady was operating in a way to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible. The Patriots went 13 of 19 on third down and uh, one of two on fourth down, Ryan. Those and, numbers and, will keep people off the field. Sean. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you that that's that's it. And as you pointed out, Brinson, Mahomes did not play well. Uh, there were concerns last week that he didn't throw a touchdown. I didn't care so much about that. I thought he played okay last week because they blew him out early and just sort of coasted down the stretch. But Mahomes, as you pointed out, missed wide open receivers. He missed either Ware or, or Damian Williams on the on the wheel route. That would have been an easy touchdown. If that ball's thrown properly, Brinson, you moonwalk into the end zone. That's a big play. And for some reason, I don't understand why, it seemed like there were a lot of dropbacks where Patrick Mahomes was holding the ball for three and four beats, looking for something to open up down the field. He connected on one or two, but he – Mostly three incomplete or took sacks. He was sacked four times. So it seems like to me, get the ball out quicker, get the ball to your playmakers. And I'm not even convinced, and Sean mentioned this, that the Patriots are that much uh, behind the, the Chiefs in terms of having playmakers. 
I think the DVOA that our buddy Aaron Schatz put out at Football Outsiders just a few minutes ago, those teams are actually pretty even offensively in DVOA compared to the Patriots and the Rams. So, uh, yeah, Bill Belichick's a genius. We're not saying that, by the way. Well, we are saying it, but we shouldn't. I'd be angry that we're having that conversation. If uh, Julian Edelman touched that ball uh, on the on the punt that mm. he clearly was trying to touch. Hey, ball don't lie, buddy. The very yeah. next play, Edelman. By the way, congratulations, because we got a clean sweep. Literally 100% of sports writers out there all tweeted ball don't lie at the exact same time on the very next play, Edelman. Tony uh, Romo even said it. Yeah, it's Romo. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to say it on, the, on the thing. That's a broadcast. Who invented it, though? You know that? I, uh... Alice. Real quick, Who? I... Sheed, baby. Oh, you Sheed was... Wallace. Oh, they said Marcellus Wallace. I was like, that's a Pulp Fiction character. Even... That's not right. Um, really quick, on right. I agree with the third down stuff that I think you said, Brenton. I think for a lot of this game, Brady was reduced to handing the ball off and checking the ball down. But I thought his mastery was on third down. And you look at that game-winning series, three times in overtime, the Chiefs got the Patriots in the third and ten situations. Yeah. And the three results were a 20-yard pass to Edelman. 15-yard pass to Edelman and a 15-yard pass to Gronk. And that's where Brady was really at his best. But I, I I do think Ryan is being a bit harsh on Mahomes. And I think Mahomes was not good in the first half. I think that's entirely fair. He wasn't good in the first half back in week six against the Patriots. Um, and both times he, he ended up playing really great in the second half. And you talked about him missing a couple touchdowns. Yes, he missed that touchdown in the first half to Damian Williams. There's no excusing that. He missed a similar pass to Damian, to Kareem Hunt in week six, but every touchdown he missed, he missed, he missed two t- bad touchdowns. Well, you, no, you're right, but in that second, how much did they lose the, by? Wait, wait, in this, in the second half on the one that he missed, that series still ended with a touchdown. That's fine. So that didn't ended up costing him. And at the end of the day, he's still going 16 or 31 for 295 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. It's okay to say pass he rate. Play well. He, I, I completely disagree. He had a bad no, no, no. first half because he had very limited opportunities to touch the ball, and he missed the one pass he should have hit that was there for the taking. I'm not saying he played well in the first half, but he played an incredible fourth quarter in overtime, and you know what? If the Chiefs win that coin toss, they probably go on to win the game. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm not ready to say Patrick Mahomes is the reason why the Chiefs lost that game. I, I think Sean that's why he Mahomes lost played either. better than Brady in that game. Sean, look, here's the reality. In, all, in every single one of the – I pointed this out before the Colts game, and it didn't come true against the Colts. But against on their all their away playoff games, Patrick Mahomes came out two or all their away games during the regular season in primetime. Excuse me, came out too gassed up, couldn't make couldn't make throws very accurately in the first quarter. And against the Patriots, he did that, and he got him down fourteen nothing at the end of the first half. And you look at it. no, listen, listen, listen. Dude, okay, fine. They went. You go. They went. I want. I want to say. Here are the. Here are their four drives in the first half. Punt. 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 End of half. And they fumbled the play. Oh, they okay, went. Okay. But what listen. The so I'm not done. Listen. Listen. Off on third and one. You're going to blame that on Mahomes for calling a half halfback dive on third and one. He had first and second down. What do you want from him? I mean, like, he didn't play that well in the first half. The game is 60 minutes long. It doesn't matter how well you play in the fourth quarter or the second half. He got his team back into it. But if that game is 14-all at halftime, then what happens? Do the Chiefs win or do the Chiefs lose? They win. Yes, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. You want to throw out the, the, the Chiefs drive charts? That's completely fine. Again, I just said I don't think Mahomes played well in the first half. But let's look at the, the Chiefs' defense's drive charts. 15 plays, Sean, you're 80 yards. No, 15 plays, 80 yards, eight minutes off the clock, touchdown. Even on the drive that ends with the with an interception in the end zone, 11 plays, 43 yards, 
another six minutes off the clock. But that's you what we knew. But we are three minutes off Sean, the clock. Sean, Sean, we know what the, no, no. the first half because Belichick kept Mahomes off the field. And if you look at Mahomes, Sean, you're, you're, you, have you lost your mind? Think about what you're saying. You're saying that, the, that Mahomes is off the field. They went three, they went five, five plays, three plays, seven plays, punt, punt, punt. The reason that the Patriots won the first half is because Mahomes couldn't stay on the uh, field. All right, all right, all right. Let me respond. <laughs> I agree with you. The Chiefs offense was terrible in the first half. And I put that more on Andy Reid. Then I put that oh. on Patrick Mahomes. Wait, 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 no. Can I hear what John has to say? Cause I'm tired of listening to Sean. Let me know. Let me say this. On the Chiefs first series, run to Damian Williams five yards. Run to Damian Williams minus two yards. Sets up a third and seven where they have to throw with Mahomes where the Chiefs, where the Patriots know Mahomes is going to throw the ball. You have, you have like every series is you have the Chiefs running on first and second down and leaving Mahomes with these Third and long situations. Tom Brady got left with the same situations and he converted third down every time. Brady? Yes. The guy you're, the guy you're calling a game manager. Different though. The Chiefs should not be operating in the same mindset that, that, that the, the Chiefs, the Patriots are operating on. What are you talking about? The Chiefs should be throwing on first down. Look, I just, I said a million times. Mahomes did not play well in the first half, but to say that the Chiefs lost his game because Mahomes wasn't good enough is absurd. That's why they lost. They lost because, because Mahomes wasn't good enough. They lost because okay. the offense didn't do anything in the first half. They could have blown out the Patriots if the offense had scored. And look, Andy Reid should have called timeouts in overtime. Andy Reid had some questionable play calls, including that third down run. Andy Reid should not have given Bill Belichick the ball to start the first half. That was insane. Why do you let Bill Belichick do exactly what he did to the Chargers? Take the ball, go score and flip it on him. They go 15 plays, 80 yards, and your defense is already tired. But Patrick Mahomes played like crap in the first half, and it hurt the Patriots. I mean, it hurt the Chiefs. What are you, what are you awing about? Outside of that one, I, and I, and I keep saying, outside of that one throw to Damian Williams that he misses, and then he takes the sack on the next play that pushes the Chiefs out of field range. Going on the list. This is in the second quarter. What throws did Mahomes miss in the first half that you think, oh, he should have had back? And I'm telling you, you keep on saying he missed multiple touchdowns. It didn't matter in the second half because they still got touchdowns on those drives. And they gave up time. So there, there is a trade-off. Just because you complete a pass 14 plays later than you should Somebody have. let John Breach talk. Yes, go. <laughs> well, just in case anybody wondering why I wasn't chiming in, the thing about being onside the NFC title game is I literally only saw the fourth quarter of this game. <laughs> and by golly, it was a super exciting quarter, but I did not see the first three quarters. It, it was on a couple TVs, but there was no sound. So you're kind of out was going on. Uh, I'm chatting these guys trying to uh, at halftime. I'm asking how in the heck the Patriots are leading 14 nothing because I didn't see a single play. I didn't even think it was possible for the Chiefs to be shut out in the first half. So having seen all of the fourth quarter, I'm going to say one thing to Brinson's point about the defense is if they would have just kept going, let's say Mahomes gets the ball in overtime, is that I think the Patriots still win this game. The Chiefs defense was just so gassed. They were just so out of energy, so out of it. If Bill Belichick's plan was to just keep them on the field, Ryan mentioned the 43 minutes time of possession for the Patriots. Uh, I, I think B. Brinson, I'm not going to say Sean, or Wilson could have been at quarterback for the Patriots in overtime because the Chiefs defense was just so out of it. And, uh, you know, Brady did come up with some big throws, though, that we could never have made. And Sean mentioned some of those on the late third downs. And the other thing I want to mention, because I've been waiting for it all season, is Rob Gronkowski. I turned on the TV, or I looked up just in time to see finally some big plays from Gronk on that uh, touchdown drive where 
They took the lead late in the fourth quarter just before overtime. Gronk had that 25-yard catch. It took him down to the four-yard line. I mean, that was a spectacular catch. It was not an easy catch. If he doesn't make that catch, uh, maybe the Patriots don't score in that drive, and maybe the Chiefs win. And then in overtime, he also had a spectacular catch. And it's just like Gronk has had such a horrible season. We have him maybe talking about retirement. So for him to come up so big in this huge situation, that was awesome. You know, like I think it's cool when Gronk does well just because he's crazy and uh, what he's been through this season, he's been getting beat up. So I, I thought and Gronk came up. Bachelor party. And he was at my bachelor party. So I'm a secret Gronk fan. I hope he dressed up like a leprechaun in post game. Uh, but that was an awesome game by Gronk. Look, pa- Sean, I get your impassioned defense of Patrick Mahomes. I just, I, I, I can't believe you are blaming the loss on Patrick Mahomes. That was, by the way, the Chiefs had 32 total yards and zero points in the first half. If okay, that- and at the end of the game, they had 31 points. They had more yards than the Patriots, and Patrick Mahomes outplayed Tom Brady in this game by far. That's a terrible, incorrect statement. How was that incorrect statement? What, you the think... Patriots weren't up big at the end of the first half because Tom Brady was playing brilliant. It's because they were handing the ball off and the Chiefs couldn't stop the run. So dude, that's Tom Brady's fault. Dude, no. what what I'm not blaming Patrick Mahomes' three touchdowns were great play designs by Andy Reid. You can't cherry pick when you want to give Patrick Mahomes credit and when you want to give Andy Reid credit. You can't, like... I almost used a word I can't use on this podcast. You can't lather up Mahomes all season long. Oh, 50 touchdown passes, he's incredible. Oh! And then all of a sudden he has one bad half. You're like, Andy Reid is a clown. It doesn't wait, work wait, like that. Yes, you did. You pinned it all on Andy Reid. Get out of here. I'm not pinning it all on Andy Reid. I'm pinning a lot of it on the Chiefs defense for their, their Dude, inability to get off the field. We know. Sean, that's been terrible all year. Sean, yeah, why, this isn't, the, the Chiefs defense didn't come to save the day. Patrick, the whole point of the Chiefs is that Patrick Mahomes just, scores points, moves the ball, keeps their defense off the field, and puts the other team's offense and defense in tough look, leverage look, positions. I'll say this. Bill Belichick schemed up Outcoached, uh, outcoached Andy Reid, and he outmaneuvered a young quarterback in his first year as a starter, it's, and he made Patrick Mahomes look like a schlub in the first half. In the first half, sure, but we're just going to discount the second half. The second half, you you can't, dude, dude, listen to yourself. You can't say no, we're just no, going to no. we're just going to discount the second half. You're just discounting the first half. You can't do that either. The I'm not discounting the first half. half. I'm saying I'm saying the first half he made one bad throw and took one bad sack. That's and they lost by six time. points. Uh, no, that's uh, look. He no. didn't. He didn't play well. He was confused. Go, if you were to watch every offensive play the Chiefs ran the first half, which was taking about two minutes because they didn't run that many, you would not be able to find that many faults with what Patrick Mahomes did because he he made one bad throw, which he should have hit, and I've said it repeatedly, and he took a sack on the next play that pushed them out of field goal range. Both are really bad plays. I I find it very absurd so that we're, we're not, here looking at we're did, looking here at the end of the game. And Patrick Mahomes has averaged 9.5 yards per attempt. He threw three touchdowns. He had a pass rating of 117. And we're out here saying the Chiefs lost because of Patrick Mahomes in his second ever playoff game where he outplayed Tom Brady? Come on, get out of here. He Tom Brady. He was 16 to 31. Patrick Mahomes lost because he has a worse defense and a worse coach than, than Tom Brady. 
I'm, look, look, and, Patrick, and they lost the coin toss. No, That's why it, Patrick Mahomes it, was a, had, it was a tie game dude, at the end of the game and he lost the coin toss. Patrick Mahomes had a couple of pretty good, a couple of really good throws, a couple of wow Patrick Mahomes moments. He had a couple of wow misses and he had three touchdown passes that were entirely schemed up by Andy Reid. The two plays, he didn't throw it down the field. It wasn't some Herculean strength of, of like mass, like, like unbelievable bomb down the field that was a touchdown. He had, first of all, he should have been picked in the end zone to lose the game he got bailed out sure, big sure, time but by Brady that. should have been picked to lose the game a, a minute earlier if we're gonna do this dropped interceptions game it works well, that, no ways. no that was an offsides play it was a free play. he didn't know it was offsides nobody knew it was offsides and yeah I, I, i'm sure tom brady had no idea the guy two inches from his face with the yellow flag flying at it was offsides and uh, come on I was done. Tom Brady, Tom Brady outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I yeah, don't know what I, you're looking yeah. at. I, I completely disagree. You're, Good. you're, you sound like a fanboy right now. I'm sorry. You sound insane. I mean, I mean, just, just, just look at the box score and. That's okay, box, let's look box at it. 30 for 46 scouting. for 348 yards, 16 of 31 for 295 yards. Who are you taking? Yeah. What are you talking about? Mahomes. He averaged. And that's why you. Yards more okay. yards for 10. That's why you're a Bears fan. That's why you're a Jay Cutler fan. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like I'm talking to my seven year old. Sean. Wake he up. didn't have any freaking. I almost said it again. Um, he didn't have any freaking chances in the first half because the defense couldn't get off the he field. He couldn't just... get a first down. He didn't get any first downs, man. You have to, Tom Brady. Okay, okay. But my point is, when you are running the ball and you're set up with third and seven, and there's no one open, and he throws the ball incomplete, are you just going to blame that on Mahomes? Or are you going to blame that on he's placed in a horrible situation? I mean, he has to get first downs. That's his job. All right, let, let me ask you this. I, I maybe we're just arguing semantics. No, you, you sound like a crazy. on Patrick Mahomes. No one ever said that. You keep saying yeah, that. I, don't no, I, I just asked you a question. Just He played horribly. Andy Reid, I thought, actually. He Brent's played horribly. Well, you, let me finish. You keep interrupting people. Shut up. <laughs> Brent mentioned this at the, at the beginning. Andy Reid didn't do a terrible job coaching. You could argue about the timeouts at the end. At that point, it may have been too late. They'd already been on the field for 94 plays or whatever. Patrick Mahomes played his worst game. I think you could argue his worst game of the season. I don't know what the – he's 16-31. Sean, when is he, he, he – I'm just going to disagree about this. It, it, it's fine, but, like, I just – Sean, look. The worst game of his season? Are you kidding me? He, he was 16-31. of 31. He find turned me, the ball find over. Me. He, he had a game where he turned the ball over five times this year. He – he played he scored 51 points. You're being ridiculous. Yeah, you're being, you're being he ridiculous. He scored 31 points today. That's above their season average or just around their season average. You're, I, Did I, they win? John, you didn't watch the game. You've been listening to us yell at him. Who's the insane person here? Well, I mean, you, you can't completely discount the first half. I was shocked that the Chiefs didn't score, like I said. And so it does sound like Sean is pretending the first half didn't exist, that Mahomes – doesn't take any of the blame for what happened. But, Sean, I do understand what you're saying. You're saying that he, no quarterback in that situation, couldn't have done any better because uh, it was just, I mean, then you're paying the blame on the offensive line, on Andy Reid. I'm not sure who you're blaming here. Uh, and Brinson's just saying, look, you got to score. It's the point. And the Chiefs offense didn't do anything, and they didn't do anything. So whose fault is it that they didn't do anything? I mean, some of the blame obviously has to be pinned on the quarterback. And some of it put on Andy Reid for uh, the play calling. So I think just from listening to this, the percentages are there. You know, is it 50-50 Reid and Mahomes? Is it 60-40 Mahomes Reid? Where, where, where would you put it, John? I put it on the defense. And I put it at this. I No, no, no. I put it, let me put it this way. If the Chiefs win the coin toss in overtime and Mahomes goes I, I, down and leads half, them to half. a game. 
the first half. Then, oh, right, it's, it's, it's a failure on every level. It's a failure by the defense. Who it's a gets, failure by the no, no, coach. No, no. It's a failure who by the gets, quarterback. Who gets most percentage of the blame in the first half? I think zero points distributed between the defense and and Reed and Mahomes. The defense isn't supposed to score. No, no. Whose fault is it that the offense didn't score any points in the first half? What percentage would you place there? Reed. Like ninety percent read, ten percent Mahomes. Because he dialed up a. They ran like something. They ran sixteen plays in the first half. Sixteen plays exactly, and one of those, the probably the biggest play of that of that first half was a third and one that they had from the thirty yard line, and they ran it up the gut into a into a run into a run heavy defense, and then they didn't go for the fourth down. Hey Sean, let and me ask you this: You can't uh, go for the fourth down there. I, I, well, you, a lot of people. I mean, that's not just me. Let me, me ask Sean a question. I, I want to know why he wasn't defending Philip Rivers like this last week when they got their doors blown off. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Because Rivers, the, because Rivers played terribly in that game, and that game was. That's my point. That's minute, exactly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That game was fanboy alert. You think you think that game was the same as this game? The Chiefs they ran, were blown out of this game. They ran. The Chiefs were winning this game late in the fourth quarter. They, they ran, were down fourteen to nothing. They were down fourteen to nothing. It felt, it, Sean, that first half, except for the score, the first half felt a lot like the Chargers' first half. It felt like it was twenty-eight nothing. I get that it was only fourteen nothing. I was saying that in the live blog. Patrick Mahomes on second and ten, or no, first and ten after he completes a long pass to Tyreek Hill, completely misses Damian Williams uh, for I a free touchdown that Andy Reid dialed up a perfect play call. Patrick Mahomes, if he's the MVP, and he's going to be, he can't miss that throw. I could have made that throw. I'm not kidding. Like, all you have to do is put any air under it, and it's a touchdown. And then on the the next play, they run the ball with Damian Williams. Then he gets sacked for 14 yards, and they don't even get to attempt a field goal. And by the way, those sacks took him out of field goal range. Who thought of that? I, for the record. He looked like a young quarterback. Are the the same plays I keep saying over and over again, I fault him for 100%. That's ten but points. If, but if you were expecting Patrick Mahomes or any quarterback in this game, Brady wasn't perfect in this game. If you're expecting any quarterback in a conference championship game against good, these are both the top two teams in each conference. If you're you expecting any quarterback going to this game without making a single mistake, you can't. You're expecting the impossible. You can't and, point out that the that the Chiefs ran 16 plays in the first half, complain they only got 16 plays, and then excuse Patrick Mahomes because he screwed up I'm, two of them. Okay. That's and how I, like you're I'm, talking about a I'm large percentage. While Mahomes didn't play well in the first half, do you know why the they only had 16 plays? Because Mahomes played second, bad. I'm saying his second half makes up for that because of how good he was no. in the second half. No. So Patrick Mahomes. So why, why did the Patriots go up fourteen nothing and then needed overtime and a coin toss to beat the Chiefs? Did Tom Brady play poorly in that second half? What about Tom Brady's interception? All right, all right, all right. This is we're, we're moving on. This is stupid. We're arguing semantics. You're, this is insane. I'm gonna somebody's gonna be like, what? I for, all right, last last thing. I'm not, not arguing. I'll just say it's it's a good thing for the Chiefs and for Mahomes' his future and all that. That here we are arguing about how good or how poorly he played, and it is at his worst he still throws for three hundred. Yards and three touchdowns, and you know, and t- when the che- when the Patriots eventually go away, which should happen sometime soon, uh, you know, the Chiefs are well poised to take over from them. Okay, moving on to New Orleans, man. We there was probably a bunch of stuff we could have talked about in that game. Uh, for instance, the Edelman. What about the Edelman? I'll tell you who killed it in that game. We can't be done with that game. Sorry, we have to stay on that Dude. game for a few more minutes. Edelman 
the fingertip. Gene Steratore was a, a star. Breakout game for Gene Steratore. He was being ballsy as hell. He's like, I'm telling you, they're not going to overturn this. I was getting texts from my friends like, what? what? This guy's an idiot. There's, there's definitely not, there. And, and they, I did not want the Patriots to win, but there's no way you could overturn that. And Edelman should be – I mean, we talk about – we talked about this before. Oh, Bill Belichick's for, a great coach. For Who anybody – we're talking about – by the way, we're talking about the, the, the punt from the Chiefs. Edelman goes to return it. It hits the ground. It looks like it hits hop. his hands. It short hops it. It bounces. And then they rule that it was a Chiefs ball because Edelman touched it, but then they overturned it. Why is he it? trying to field it? I don't know. That, I mean, that's terrible coaching if it had been anyone else. God help Mike Tomlin if some numbnut on, on the Steelers did that. He'd have been fired on the spot. <laughs> Wrongly, I might say. Sean McDermott never would have it, never would have on the Bills team. But anyway, so yeah, I don't know what Julian Norman was doing. It, it was hard to tell at the time. It was impossible to tell until about the 15th replay, which they did like triple 100% uh, increase on the, on the video to get a look at it. And Steratore was exactly right. I thought it was, he was right. And, um, you're, he had a fantastic game. Second only maybe to Tony Romo, who was calling out plays like he always does. And he was right about the play calls. And he is the only analyst, and I'm not saying this just because he works for CBS. I say this about once a month that you learn things from by watching them. And he's insanely good. And it was fun to, to hear him do the play call and hats off to Steratore for keeping it real. Western PA native. Um, by the way, I just saw this tweet from Jeff Darlington of uh, ESPN. Tom Brady just quietly approached the security guard waiting outside the Chiefs locker room. Asked if he could see Patrick Mahomes. Brady was escorted, escorted into a room where he spoke briefly with him. A clear sign of respect. Darlington follows up. Brady told him, you played a great game, <laughs> but not in the first half. <laughs> that's the second part was a lie. I can't believe we spent 20 minutes yelling about Patrick Mahomes. Like I just thought it was a consensus, John, that that Patrick Mahomes played poorly. John, I mean that's what I assume. When I turn on a game at halftime, having not seen a single play, and he, one of the teams has zero points, zero points, especially that team that was the highest scoring team in the NFL. I'm either assuming that Bill Belichick designed the greatest defensive game plan of all time, which is possible, or I'm assuming that uh, the Chiefs' offense struggled, and if the offense has struggled, then there is going to be some blame on the quarterback. That is just going in with blind assumptions. Uh, and, and one other thing, one question I do want to ask you guys about this, because I don't think I really talked about in Slack. I don't know if you guys did or if I wasn't paying attention or what was happening. How did you feel about uh, Andy Reid's challenge of the Chris Hogan catch? I, I, that's, that was a good, that's a great question. Um, it was, of course, upheld for the Patriots. It was, I thought you had to challenge it if you were Andy Reid. It was on a third down, a long conversion. The Chiefs are in great shape if they get the stop there because the Patriots, at that point, um, I believe we're going to have to punt because. Or they could have gone. That, well, they, they, could, they certainly could have gone for it, but I think there was like seven minutes left and the Patriots had all their timeouts. So I, I and, the, and the Chiefs were up at that point, right? I mean, like I feel like the Patriots were punting because it was third and eight. I think it was thir- third, third and eight. seven. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, Belichick. Look, Belichick was aggressive. He went for it on a on a fourth down early. Uh, Pete Briscoe didn't like it. Every, everybody else in the known world thought it was a smart move. Then, of course, he went for it on uh, fourth near the goal line, and they got a touchdown later. Um, yeah. I thought you had to challenge it. He, I mean, it looked to me like the ball hit the ground. Steratore nailed that one too. He came out. He's like, listen. I, this is what I would do. It was like, man, like you're doing the opposite of Mike Pereira. You're not hedging this at all. You're laying it on the table. You're saying this is what I would do, and you're you're hitting them, and that's what you want from a rules analyst. Uh, but I thought Andy Reid, given the leverage of that play in in that particular situation, uh, definitely should have challenged, and I thought it was a smart challenge. 
And yeah. I asked that because I, well, I just want, I thought that was a crazy situation because like you just said, Brent, it was third and eight, but also you're at a point where there's under seven minutes left in the game in a close game and you might need all your timeouts. And this is Andy Reid we're talking about who you absolutely know needs as many timeouts as he can get if it's a close game with under two minutes left. So there's a lot to weigh there uh, when you're challenging a play like this in a tight game. And if, if you look at the replays that were available before the Patriots were rushing up to take the next snap, they were all done in really, you know, not slow-mo. In live, it kind of looks like the ball bangs off the ground and he gains control after it hits the ground. So I think, I, I agree with Brenton, I can't believe I'm agreeing with him for the first time today, but um, based off the information that was available, I think it was worth the risk because if you get that and if you get a stop, then the Chiefs have a chance to go down and put the game away for good. And I don't think at the end the Chiefs' lack of a timeout there ended up costing them that much. All right, let's go. Anything else we want to talk about in the game? Do you guys want to go to uh, – I'm sure there's more stuff that we're forgetting about now. Um, I did think when the Patriots got it in overtime, I was like furiously – look, I got – I had the Chiefs straight up. Had the, I had a Chiefs in the money line parlay that got blasted by the, by the Rams and the officials. We'll get to that in a second. I had the Chiefs plus three and a half on the live line. I was furiously looking for an overtime live line. Like, what can I, I'll take anything on the Patriots at this point. Get me out of this Chiefs future. Cause once Tom Brady, the, like Malcolm Butler, I think it was, oh no, no, Matthew Slater is out there. Um, funny story about Matthew Slater. My first, it was, remember that Indy Super Bowl, Ryan? Remember when we were walking around the, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, media day? Remember that? Yeah, I was there a little late, but I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, you were. Um, I went up to Matthew Slater's podium, and uh, he was, like, the only one there. And I can't remember what I called him, but I called him by a different name. I read, like, the name tag wrong, and he was like, oh, that's not my name. And I was like, oh. You know who else was there? Very glad you didn't call a bad name. What? Aaron Hernandez. He's at that Super Bowl. <laughs> I have a few um, photographs, because I was walking around taking photos at the time, and I came across him recently. I was like, oh, boy, thanks. You know, my really first fast. ever Super Bowl that I covered, and by the way, the Patriots have now been in six. So this has been my ninth Super Bowl with CBS. The Patriots have been in six of them. A little Getting a little old, Tom. Getting a little old. Um, in my first ever one was Patriots-Packers. Oh, no, I mean, excuse me, uh, Packers-Steelers. Good and, Lord, get it right. Come on, man. And uh, but no, Your boy Antonio Brown, was. he didn't even have a podium that year. He was walking around on the rookie. Yeah, he was walking around on the uh, the floor. I remember talking to him. and he had a You know where he was today? Uh, he was throwing, okay. catching balls from Kyler Murray. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about on Chiefs Patriots? Good. Let's take a quick break and then we'll hammer out the NFC side of things. All right. Coming back to the NFC, we will first go to Sean, who knows, no, I'm just kidding. We're going to John Breach to talk about it because John is in. I'm tired. John, John, I don't want to talk anymore. John is in New Orleans. That was a lot of screaming. I'll be curious to see how it plays with our listenership. I'm sure I'll be called a bully. Oh, like he's a bully. He's uh, standing up Sean. Sean was bullying us around. Uh, anyway, the referees dominated the game in New Orleans. John Breach was there doing a CBS Sports HQ hit live on the field before and after the game. Unbelievable step in your career, John. We're so proud of you. Um, how did it feel doing live TV, inter- live internet TV from the floor of the Superdome? Well, man, let me just tell you that when you're doing it in a stadium full of crazy people, and Saints fans are crazy people, and I mean that in a good way, there's just like people making faces and like waving their hands, and I know you're supposed to ignore them, but sometimes you just can't ignore those people, and they're fun to look at. Uh, but I learned all my lessons. You have to zone everything out when you're on camera and not paying attention to anything except for the people you're talking to in the camera. Important um, lesson, guys. What did you think? What was the reaction when 
the Saints were flagged. Not, oh, sorry, when the Rams were not flagged for defensive pass interference inside the two minute warning on a play, uh, where it looked obvious to everyone except for the blind referee who had the Rams plus three and a half in that game. What did you think about the lack of a flag there? I think that was really the big turning point situation from that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing is that this was like a dramatic five seconds because the play happened. Tommy Lee Lewis just gets obliterated. He gets destroyed before the football we've all seen the play and so you could just see every fan everybody in the press box just kind of looking around waiting for the flag I mean we're talking uh you know then the Saints are kind of slowly getting back uh, the field goal teams coming out because that was third down and so still just waiting for a flag maybe there's gonna be a late flag and everyone thought this flag was gonna come until the Saints were actually in field goal formation and then you know then the booze rain out and then things got crazy and I mentioned on HQ that uh, the only thing I could even remotely compare this to is Walt Coleman, Tuck Rule, Raiders. Uh, you know, like Raiders fans hated Walt Coleman after that. He was such an enemy that the NFL didn't even let Walt Coleman officiate a Raiders game for the rest of his career. We're 17 years after the Tuck Rule. Coleman's retiring after this season, after he does the Pro Bowl, I think. And, and he never did another Raiders game. And that's kind of how it feels here that uh, – Walking out of the stadium, it felt like, uh, you know, these Saints fans were going to hunt down the refs hotel. That's all they were talking about. There were people were crying. Uh, it was just an ugly, <laughs> ugly situation, like highly ugly situation. So, uh, they asked, uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman after the game if he thought it was pass interference. And you won't believe this. This is what he said. Oh, hell yeah. That was P.I. <laughs> and he went on to say, I just know I got there before the ball got there and I whacked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Coleman, Roby Coleman, I, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, he thought it was gonna be a bang bang play. His teammates actually said if he turned around, it'd been a pick six, which was very true. He just went straight and nailed Timely Lewis, uh, in the side of the head and didn't even think to look back. Bill Vinovich was asked after the game about it and he said, I didn't see the play. It wasn't his responsibility is, is what he's trying to, trying to impart in, in that answer. And then, uh, Pro Football Talk published later on Sunday evening that the commissioner has authority to take action over any outcome in theory, quote-unquote. And here's the thing. If Roger Goodell came out and said the Saints won that game, and by the way, uh, before his press conference, Sean Payton said, I just got off the phone with the league office, and they said they blew it. So if Roger Goodell changed the out- – I actually – I can't, I would be okay with that. It was that- – <laughs> that's, 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 They had a 98% that's, yeah. chance to win, according to Sportsline. And the, play, the officiating has been so god-awful, and it's taken such – a focus away from the actual – it's just stupid mistakes. And you talk about, like, uh, you know, Roger Goodell overturning plays. How about this? How about you put, like, an extra, uh, like, cannon uh, that shoots out a flag on the side of one of the officials? Someone in the league office sees a flag – sees a flag, uh, a penalty that's not called. You hit a button, and the flag just flies out. That way it's not – it takes it out of the responsibility of, of the officials who, in the moment, seem seized up and can't make a call. That, there was not a more obvious missed P.I. call – than the Joe Hayden call when the Steelers played. In oh, my God. No, 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 no. I mean, all Steelers jokes aside, that was one of the – I mean, just in terms of the leverage in that situation, the egregiousness. This wasn't like a two guys fighting and maybe you could have caught a flag. He tackled him. He knocked him out of the way. They don't throw a flag. The head referee is asked after the game. He's like, "What? Like, what did you? What did you see on the play?" He's like, "I didn't see anything." It's like, "What? What, the, what would you say you do here, Bill? What's your job if you didn't see I, anything?" I, I, I think, 
I could be wrong. I thought I read on Twitter that they're actually not allowed to count the comment on like judgmental calls. They can only count on like the procedure of things of how they happened. So I don't know if he was even allowed to like weigh in on that call because that's not his specific call to make. That's that's the other. He's the head referee and he's talking to a pool reporter. No, no, but I I saw something on Twitter about someone covering the NFL who says that they're when when they talk to reporters after the game, they're not allowed to to make comments on by the league. They're not allowed to make comments on judgment calls. They can only make calls on procedure and how things. They can't give their opinion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he can't come out and be like. Yes, we missed that call. Like it's just I don't like I'm I don't know if we want to blame you know the head of the officiating crew for that. It seems like it's no one's blaming him. He said he didn't see it. That. He said he didn't see it. But I mean, yeah, the, and I think that's fair for him to say because that's not the NFL style. admitted they blew it. So I, it doesn't really yeah. matter what Vinovich says. The point is that he blew the you, call. You got some weird I hills. Agree. You got some weird hills you're dying on tonight, Sean. What's going what? on? Oh, why are we blaming Bill? I just I'm I just saw clear. something on Twitter from someone who covers football. It's like oh, the right, next you know what? I'll find it right now. Well, here's, wait, here's, wait, here's 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 the pool report that I got because I was on the site there. Uh, not really. I'm just kidding. But they sent it out. Uh, I Amy, have a report in my hand, but I'll let you read it. Do you really have it in your hand? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Amy Just of the NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. What was the reasoning for no penalty flag being thrown to the play involving Drew Brees' pass attempt Tommy Lee Lewis? It's a judgment call by the officials. I personally have not seen the play. Did the timing of the game have any impact of a no call there? Absolutely not. You said you didn't see the play, correct? Correct. You can't go back and look at that? You're talking about instant replay? Yes, it's not a reviewable play. I know, I know you do breach, but I'm a, I'm a better reader. Um, it's true. Here's my, here's my big issue with this. If the NFL, the NFL has, a, is, is, does what it always does and it's really annoying. It has managed to create this situation on its own by virtue of not taking action and only being reactive and not expecting these sort of scenarios, which should be very patently obvious that this stuff is going to happen. So what you could do is make everything reviewable. And in a situation like this where you have a playoff game, and it, look, it, was, it wasn't under two minutes because it was the last play of the two-minute warning, right? Or was, it, or was it right under two minutes? It was under two. Yeah, it's under two. You go back and you look at it and you have central, you have centralized replay say, Hey, look, we're going to look at this. I think Chris Berman of all people made a great point on uh, ESPN right after, uh, after the game when they were doing their ESPN primetime throwback thing. He said that the CFL has reviewable pass interference that can be challenged by coaches. 42 of them this past year challenged 20 were overturned. So about like a 50% rate of overturns. That's how bad the refereeing is. And it's probably it's not worse. hard. It's probably worse in the NFL. Make it centralized. Be just buzz it. Al Riveron can say, that's a clear cut case of pass interference. Here's why. And you tweet out a little video of it, explaining it. And then you throw the flag on it and you move it forward. If you can go back and look in microscopic detail, whether Julian Edelman's hand touched the football, then you could go back and check to see whether Roby Coleman tackled Tommy Lee Lewis. It's absurd how the or NFL just ask, stuff or is. Or ask Roby Coleman. He'll tell you. Yeah, go ask him. Right, no. give a lie detector test. Hey, Roby, you don't even need to give a lie detector no, test. Just ask him. He'll tell yeah. you. Yeah, he's like, I Meanwhile, the NFL decides against issuing a statement admitting that they made a mistake. So that's also uh, just adding fuel to the fire. What? Just fix it. What are we doing? I mean, go back to the, the other game we were just talking about. Blake, uh, Blakeman um, missed the call on Tom Brady getting whacked in the head. He didn't get whacked in the head. That was a 15-yard penalty. You could sort that out very easily by having yes. Al Riveron say, hey, you d- he didn't even touch his face. 
Yeah. What are you doing? He couldn't even see the play. Stop it. That's a so, great. We missed that. We missed that point while screaming about Patrick Mahomes too. It was a BS flag where Chris Jones is coming in and he's just doing work as a pass rusher and he gets kind of near Brady's helmet. They flag him for that. Philip Rivers got his face, his clock cleaned against oh. the Patriots last week and there's no, shut up, Sean, Patrick. I'm talking about Philip Rivers. Shut now up. he's done. We'll talk about him in September. Uh, my point being is that Brady's getting the calls again. Nobody else is. Patrick Mahomes is getting destroyed back there. There's no flag. Come on. Get out of here. By the way, the Twitter account I was referencing and I did a bad job of remembering was Football Zebras, which seems to be a pretty, they a pretty accurate account. Are, are they zebras is, that play football? They, he <laughs> like is only, train? he is only allowed to speak on rules and mechanics and not about judgment calls. Yeah, it's a former, I think it's a former official. Uh, I don't know how he types with hooves, but good for him. I wanted to point out one thing, by the way. We we're talking about me. I was bailing about Bill Belichick being a genius and sarcastically. Uh, I was going to have a huge issue with Sean, issue with Sean McVay when they punt when they kicked the field goal down there at fourth and goal from Ooh, the one. Yes. That was I don't know what was going on. Our buddy Sean Dubin, uh, Jared Dubin, excuse me, we worked with, <laughs> tweeted out how much that uh, Sean McVay is actually more conservative than we we like to think on fourth downs. But that was a horrible call. They should have lost because of that. They would have lost if the PI was called properly. I don't understand what that was doing. I think it uh, tied the score. Is that right? Yeah, it yeah. was right before the pass interference possession happened. Right, so it tied the game. 2020, the Saints were marching down the field and going to win it. And I don't know why you don't kick, a, uh, go for, go for it there. But fourth and goal from the one, you, you don't, you don't convert it. They have the ball to one yard line. What's the problem? Uh, here's the, here's what. Uh, uh, I'll, well, I'll tell you what the problem is, is that their running game had struggled all day. They didn't even get a hundred yards. I mean, the whole talk all week was Sheldon Rankins uh, out, and that the Rams are going to be able to run all over New Orleans. And we saw Todd Gurley play so horribly that Sean McVay's like, screw this. I'm taking this dude out of the game. I don't care if he's the highest paid running back in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, Gurley got pulled. He straight up barely played in the third quarter, barely played in the fourth quarter until the he had those two big drops. And, you know, C.J. Anderson wasn't crushing it. And so I think if I'm Sean McVay, who had a good feeling for his offense, people were questioning if the Rams lose this game, that fourth and one call would have been questioned and also pulling Gurley for the length of time he did. But the decisions ended up paying off. And I think Sean McVay honestly thought his running backs could not get a yard at that point because of how they had been playing up to then. And well, so, the decisions didn't really well, pay off. They got well, lucky. With and, the and just for the record, uh, I'm not discounting the fact about the, the Rams running game and struggling all game long. But if you're just going to go straight off the percentages, Aaron Schatz um, calculated it. It's 47% if they were to go for it with a run on fourth and goal from the one-inch yard line, 35% kicking a field goal to win the game. So percentages would have favored them going for it. Well, right, and that's why, uh, you know, McVay's on the sideline in the flow of the game where, you know, percentages are straight up every team in every situation. McVay's been watching how his offensive line blocks against the Saints up front. He knows what's going on. So, you know, I didn't hate it. I was 50-50. It, I see why people thought it was a crazy decision, and I know people say, are you coaching to extend the game, coaching to win the game, and he was coaching to extend the game there, not knowing if he was going to win. Uh, so, you know. He was coaching to lose. The game was tied. They were going to kick that game when he field goal. And, and the funny thing is, is the pass interference penalty, or the, the lack of a pass, interfer- pass interference penalty falls into this, because if they had gone for the touchdown and they get it, they're up by, they're up by four, and if that pass interference penalty gets called, suddenly the the Saints have to go and try to score a touchdown, and they can't just run clock and kick a field goal with 30 seconds left. And that would have mattered in the end. And, and with the pass interference penalty not being called, it ended up not mattering. But when Breeze hit Ted Ginn for that huge bomb downfield, 
my first thought was Sean McVay needed to go for that touchdown because now the Saints are just going to run clock and get one first down and run out the reigning clock and kick a game-winning field goal. But you know what, Sean? It, what's it didn't interesting matter, about but... that? You're exactly right. But on that first down play, after that 43-yard catch by again, Breeze throws a short hop yep. the ball on a four-yard pass, stops the clock, yep. and the series of events that follows, they get the ball back with 141 to go. They should have gotten the ball yep. back with under a minute to go. And so, I mean, I, I take issue with what Sean McVay did. I also take issue – with Breeze being unable to complete a pass, I don't know if that's Patrick Mahomes' fault or not. But I mean, you got to be able to complete that pass, keep the, or run the ball, do something. But that was that was a terrible play call by, by Sean Sean Payton or a terrible execution by Drew Breeze. In the fourth quarter in overtime, the Saints got the ball four times, not counting their kneel down at the end of the at the end of the second half after the Rams had tied it up. In those four times in the fourth quarter in overtime, they managed a total of. Three points. You can't do that. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady didn't do it. You got a Hall of Fame. Drew Brees has played like doo doo recently. I think. Yeah, that's- yeah. No, I was just about to say that because we've been spending a lot of time talking about how Jared Goff, ever since that that Chiefs game, has been really bad. Drew Brees is not that um, good. He's been missing. Brees has been just as bad. And uh, I wish I had the stats pulled up right now. But if you look at, even if you include his his really good game against the Steelers in that that game that pretty much ended the Steelers season. Um, he's been really, really, I'm not as bad as, as Jared Goff, but I want to say his pass rating is somewhere, you know, in the eighties, his yards per attempt is somewhere around 6.4, something like that. Who had a, he's, who had, he's who had just a, as many touchdowns and interceptions. And last week he missed two, two touchdowns that should have been one of which was intercepted. So he's been off for about a month or so. Interesting timing for you to pick uh cherry pick some interceptions that should have been hit. Blame somebody for it. Uh, I will ask you this, Sean, who had a better game, Drew Brees or Jared Goff? It's not a trick question. It's just that's easy. No, I, no, I, uh, I think it's an easy answer. I Johnny Hacker. Off. What? You I would say Jared Goff. I said Johnny Hacker. Who, who do you think had a better game, Drew Brees or Jared Goff? Breach. Uh, I would definitely say Jared Goff because you look at you know like he didn't steal the show. He didn't play a phenomenal game, but his one interception was Todd Gurley's fault, uh, and Drew Brees basically threw the game away with that. Overtime interceptions. Well, so. on that overtime interception, I I don't know why nobody's talking about this. He got hit in the well, face. He no, he hit. did not. They replayed it. They, he did not get hit in the face. You sound like Sean when you were whinging about I'm, that. I'm glad we're Dante Fowler put an arm in his face. I don't know what you needed to see. He didn't. He didn't hit him in the face though. Uh, I haven't looked at it again. I'd like to see a full replay of it. I'm pretty sure he did, in fact, hit him in the face. I thought Fox did a pretty poor. I mean, like, look, I'm not trying to. They replayed it later. I know you were complaining about it after the, like, immediately after the fact. I, th- I mean, if, and if, you're, if you're talking about like the the job done by broadcast teams today, if you're comparing that, CBS blew Fox out of the water. I thought, which is, I mean, easy for me to say on a CBS podcast, but I just thought, like, Fox. Every time there's a fake punt, they're always doing that like crazy, like, let's get low and zoom in, bro. You can't tell if they got the first down even yes. when they complete the pass because they're 20 yards behind the. Play and you have no idea where the guy's going. Like, and then they're like, oh, they completed a pass. Ah, oh, zoom up, zoom up. It's like, God, just, just do the damn angle like you normally do, guys. You don't have to be crazy zany with Terry Bradshaw tied in the trunk of a car screaming about his nipples to a puppet. I mean, what the hell is that? That was on the By the way, uh, before I forget, uh, did Say you guys that. see what Todd Gurley put on Instagram? He put a photograph of him holding referee Bill Vinovich's shirt and Bill Vinovich holding the Todd Gurley uniform no, after not. the game. No, he did not. Breach is about to hang up and go write that post right that's, now. <laughs> that's Photoshop, right? Yeah, it's Photoshop, but it's still okay. quite hilarious. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, Nick I actually, Bay, by the way, had a dumb comment about – they were asking me. He's like, I'm glad the, the refs let the players 
you know, play today. And they're just like, just, What's just throw it up and be like, we, we benefited. Like, I don't care. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Like, well, I, well like, hold I on. Apologize for it. I'll, I'll jump in there. I don't, I'm not sure that McVay saw the play because the, when Wilson was talking about Roby Coleman's comment, Roby Coleman actually had not seen the play. They showed it to him at his <laughs> locker. And then he said, was oh, he like, hell yeah, I definitely like, interfered. Oh, damn, I did Yeah, interfere. yeah, yeah. So he, he he had not seen it. As a matter of fact, my understanding is that he thought the ball was tipped, and that's why the flag <laughs> wasn't thrown. So when he, made, when he hit Lewis and got up, he didn't think there was going to be a flag thrown because he thought the football was tipped. Uh, that's what he originally said. And then once he saw the play, that's when he had the reaction that Wilson brought up. It was like, oh, hell yeah. That was, oh, crap. Like, Jesus, I, I got away with one there, uh, which, of course, he did. And, like, another thing Ryan mentioned with Goodell potentially theoretically having the power to, like, restart the game. You could theoretically restart the game from where the unfair act took place. And this one is, like, pretty solid. You know, you, you know exactly where it is. It's at the 145 mark. It would be first and 10 Saints from whatever the, the 12, 10 yard line. And that's where you are. That's where they would have the ball. Think if they replayed this game Monday night or Tuesday night with 145 left, first and 10 Saints and, uh, what, 23 to 23 game? Is that what the score was? Or was it 20 to 20? 2020, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 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 it yeah. Was it was, yeah, it was 20 to 20. So think like, Everybody would watch that. That game would get 60 million viewers if the NFL said, hey, we're going to play the final 148. It's going to be the Saints ball at the 10-yard line with a minute 45 left. I would be okay with that. I would be totally on board with that. Or they could just have it as we're making their lives a lot easier and save yourself the logistical headache. Just to have Al River on be able to say you missed a a clear and obvious call and just fix it there. I just – I just makes zero. What is the argument? Is the argument that we don't want to waste time because we want these games? Are, it's just it's like the slippery slope type of argument. Where That's it's like if you, and argument. I, I'm not I'm not saying I agree with the argument, but I'm saying it's that the argument is that if you make everything reviewable, suddenly they're going to start reviewing holding penalties and blocks in the back and all these things. You don't have and, to do that because you're the competition committee, but you can review. You still challenge. Things. You just have the challenge system still in place. Somebody wants to challenge. Uh, yeah, That's what I think you do. You make challenges. You make penalties challengeable, but you still maintain the number of challenges coaches have. I, it still could leave the problem so under two minutes, though, where you have like. Problems uh, in what we're going through now, because it seems like to me this is what we spend a lot of our time talking about, and not no, just. I'm, with, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that's what people are saying against it. People are saying. Yeah. Who's people saying? saying? People you follow on Instagram. I don't have Instagram. You don't have Instagram? No, I've never had Instagram. You're so proud of that. Even me and, and Breach and Brinson have Instagram. Yeah, well, you're a dad. All dads have Instagram. One other thing I'll throw in since Brinson was knocking Breeze for his fourth quarter showing was the Saints early in the red zone. This game could have been 21 to nothing in the first quarter, early second quarter, if their offense could function at all in the red zone. It was just like the Saints fell apart at all key moments. So, you know, obviously the pass interference call is going to be a thing that everyone remembers, but, you know, they pick off. Jared Goff on the Rams' first possession. They turn around and get six yards and kick a field goal. That probably should have been a touchdown. You got to get a touchdown there. And then they drive all the way down, have that huge uh, 56-yard drive to start the game on their opening possession, get inside the Rams' 20, boom. Drive falls apart, they kick a field goal. And so instead of being up maybe 21 to nothing, they were up 13 to nothing. If they just get one more touchdown on those drives, this game's probably put away and, and put to bed. 
but uh, that didn't happen. So, John, I got to commend you. This is just, this is next level stuff by you, man. You were in, you read a gamer out of New Orleans, and here's the headline for your. Have you guys seen this headline from John? This is just, oh, this is the breach thing ever. I can't believe. Rams Saints ends with ugly pass interference, no call. Here's the simple fix for the NFL going forward. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. It's incredible. It's an onside gamer story, and you wrote it. Here's the one thing the NFL needs to do. What is what is the one thing? I don't know. I'm not gonna read to find out. Well, it's it's not a gamer. Uh, who had the takeaways for that? I don't know. I'm just messing with you. I did. Uh, no, I mean, no. You went and you went and got. Well, just in case someone here is interested in, in clicking on our stories, we had we had a, a good takeaways written from Dubin. Was it Jared Dubin? Sean, Close Ryan, me. Right. Alex Wilson. Wilson. I thought you Jared had Wilson. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I did, I did, I pulled the, I, I copied your move, Breach. I like that. I just did the two live blogs and then I have to write takeaways. And Ryan and Sean did the takeaways. Um, anyway. Right out of my playbook. Right out of my playbook. Yeah. Uh, now, now, let me just tell you that leaving this game. All right. So we're going down in the field post game to shoot our video, our live video for CBS Sports HQ. And so Saints fans are walking out and some media start filming, you know, sad Saints fans because that's video you want to have. And Saints fans started yelling, like, don't film us. Stop filming us. And, and, like, getting upset. And so it was really kind of a weird situation. And then even when I was walking back to the hotel after the game from the stadium, uh, the hotel is about a little over a half mile away from the Superdome. And there was just a group, and they were arguing about which loss was worse, this or the Minneapolis Miracle. And so I'm just going to say, there eavesdropping because I was totally fascinated with this and I wish I would record the whole conversation and one of them was like well the Minneapolis miracle was just worse because it was just one play and the season was over but at least with this we still had a chance to win because overtime that was from a Saints fan and so it was weird to hear them already thinking about this and crying and drinking and I'm sure everybody's passed out in Bourbon Street already uh, so yeah it's it's been a fascinating time in the city I was actually thinking about that too. I think this loss is much worse than the, than the, cause it got robbed. Last year, Marcus Williams fell down or just forgot to tackle. And I'm sure it didn't feel great, but they should have won this game. I because you sure. throw that ball to Ted Ginn, you're down there, it's over. And then a series of events ends up with <laughs> Roby Coleman just crushing uh, Tommy Lee Lewis. And that's a wrap. I, I would agree too. I think that the, the Minnesota game is in the, first of all, it's in the divisional round. So you're, you know, you're a full extra step away from the Super Bowl. Um, you're on a road game. You're playing a, a Vikings team that's been excellent all year long. That is a really good defense. It's a crazy back and forth happening. And then in this game, I mean, the Saints were up huge. If they don't have to settle in the red zone early for field goals, they're blowing the, the, the Rams out and the Rams storm back. And then to have that blown officiating call in a way that like even the, even like the guy who made the play is like, oh, what are you, you going to do? Like, you know, hey, if you're going to get a free one, I'll take it. I, I think that's, it's, it's brutal. I would call it the nightmare in New Orleans. What do you think about that, John? I like the Nightmare New Orleans. I was trying to think of a fun nickname like that because it was like the Minneapolis Miracle. And then, uh, I mean, this was kind of a miracle if you think about it, that there were seven officials and no one saw that pass interference happen. I mean, that's a miracle, right? Yeah. 
Uh, Does that qualify? All right, let's uh, let's spend a couple of minutes really quick. We're at an hour right now, but and I know people. I always get Adam Gold, who I do radio with on Mondays here in Raleigh, listens to the, the art. This pod, loves this edition of the podcast. He's always like, "Really, you did an hour and twenty minutes on the uh, divisional round? Huh? Seems uh, seems excessive." I'm like, "I can't." And wait. I got I got to get to Bourbon Street, so we got to hurry this up. It's true. Yeah, that the place shuts down around one o'clock. So you got to. <laughs> um, what, what time are you flying out, John? Not early. I got to oh. work tomorrow, man. I got to oh. work Monday. Oh, are you going to go party on Bourbon Street? Uh, if I'm up to work tomorrow, it's got to be a you know how it is. Just take your laptop with you to Bourbon Street. Yeah. Well, my hope if the Saints won, I was definitely going to go and just kind of video the celebrations, get some reaction. But now yeah. it's like this might be more fun. I mean, yeah. if you like vomit and uh, people pass out in their own puke because they drank seven hurricanes to blackout, so they don't remember this. I do like game. that sort of stuff. Um. Uh, in 2009, my buddy Garrett got, uh, got married and we were, <laughs> this is, we were debating going to, on the bachelor party. We were either going to go to New Orleans or go to, uh, Wilmington. And it was Super Bowl weekend. We chose Wilmington because it was easier, easier to get to. And if we, if we, instead of, instead of going to Wilmington, if we'd gone to New Orleans, we would have been in New Orleans when the Saints won their first Super Bowl. And instead we were at a house in, in, in uh, Wilmington. So that's, I've exactly. heard this story before. That's, uh, you know what, you know what's funny about that, Brenton, is that I was told, told I actually, actually talking to a hotel person last night and they said that hotel capacity was at 95% for this weekend. And they're you, like, that's you, getting to Mardi Gras levels. But then they were saying that it was already getting packed for the Super Bowl. Obviously, everybody's going to cancel all those reservations now, but just that people love the idea to be in New Orleans for an event like that and that the yeah. Super Bowl would have been absolutely nuts, but not now. To watch the Super Bowl in New Orleans with the Saints in it would be on Bourbon Street would be wild. I mean, you might accidentally – well, anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, um, yeah, hold on. Yes, Sean. I don't want – I don't mean to spark another debate, but after seeing the Patriots score in overtime without Mahomes touching the ball – in addition, we're going to spend the next two weeks probably talking about should penalties be revealable? Um, should we be spending this time talking about if the NFL overtime rules should be tweaked at all? Uh, because I think what we've seen is in the regular season, we've seen this 10-minute overtime period. We've seen so many of these games go down to ties or the last minute anyways. Why not just make it you play one more quarter and whoever's winning at the end of – like the entire NFL game is based upon this idea of, you know, time has to expire. It's not whoever scores last, it's time expires and you have to use your timeouts and all that. Why not just make it whoever is winning at the end of a set amount of time? I, I don't mind that. I, I think that the current NFL overtime rules, given the current NFL offensive rules, greatly favor a coin flip. Like, if you get the ball, although the Saints lost for time and they got the ball first in, in their home stadium because Drew Brees got a hand to the face and then threw a pick on a guy who was passed interfered with. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I do think that, yeah, maybe there could be a tweak. Let's table that and talk about it later because we do have a Super Bowl matchup. Um, and I, like, I don't want to be hour 30. So let's spend like 10 minutes. The Patriots, do you guys really want to talk about overtime rules? Okay. Thank you. Ryan's like, no. I have to fly out. That can be, that can be my big milk hot take. That can be your big the overtime rules. Yeah, just, there it is. There We're done. Uh, there's your big milk hot take of the week. Big hot milk take of the week. Um, Patriots opened up as one point underdogs. That existed for like five minutes. Although you could have bet last week at any, at the Westgate, uh, at William Hill, I know several different places released look ahead lines where you could bet on the Patriots as hypothetical underdogs. It just would have been canceled if the Patriots didn't make it. Patriots were an underdog by one point for about three seconds. 
It was about 10 minutes in reality. And then the Westgate moved them to minus one and a half. By all accounts, money is flooding in on the Patriots. John, what do you make of the New England Patriots minus one and a half in the Super Bowl against the Rams? I mean, I feel like Sean said this earlier in the podcast, which is how can you ever bet against Bill Belichick and the Patriots ever again? I mean, it's just the guy's been putting on a clinic. It's like him and Brady, whatever hatchet they had, they buried it from last season. If Garoppolo's ACL was that hatchet, if something, I don't know. But, you know, remember last year at this time, that ESPN report came out that said the whole dynasty was falling apart, that Bob Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Todd Brady all hated each other, and that this was done. And now here we are a year later. They're back in the Super Bowl, and this thing is never going to end. And so just thinking about that, I love that they're going up against McVay. Somebody, you know, Sean McVay is a smart coach. I think he's going to come up with a great game plan for this game, but I just don't know how anyone in their right mind outside of Los Angeles is going to pick against the Patriots. Ryan, I'm picking the Rams. You are? Why? Crap, Wilson. Out of bitterness. We've been talking all we, all year about how great Sean McVay is, and what like suddenly he won't be able to coach in two weeks. Okay, well, Sean or Ryan, let me ask you this. What grade would you give Sean McVay for his coach job in the NFC Championship game? C. Yeah, exactly. And that's I why I check an A plus. Hey, do you know <laughs> well, what? that's why that's why I, I, I think he could struggle. Hey, better question. Do you know what grade Sean McVay was in when Bill Belichick won his first Super Bowl? So that was seventeen years ago. Sean he, McVay's thirty three, so he was fifteen. The answer is ninth. Ninth grade. He was yeah. in ninth Do you know grade. where he was in ninth grade at? The Marist it's, School in Atlanta, Georgia. Sean McVay homecoming this week. Full circle, guys. And, it, and it's cool that this could be one of the last Patriots Super Bowls. Could be the last. Who knows how long it lasts. And they get a bookend their amazing dynasty against the Rams again, which is when it all started. And it would be crazy. And one McVay nugget that I'm sure we'll hear about this week is that his senior year in high school, he won Georgia State Player of the Year over Calvin Johnson. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That, you talk about a rigged election. Yeah, the only, the <laughs> only a Sean McVay fact. The only person three state of Georgia. The only person voting was Bill Belichick. He just loves the short white guy over, yeah. over freaking Calvin wow. Johnson. By the way, I don't even know if this is gonna be the last one for Tom Brady because he looks the exact same. I think Drew Brees, meanwhile, is on the decline and sharply. I don't know. He said he's gonna play next year, but I don't know what you think about Teddy Bridgewater coming back. I mean, Taysom Hill's not the answer, but that's some questions I got to answer in New Orleans. Uh, well. Drew Brees' contract, I believe, calls for him to make $33.5 million next year. And he can't throw the ball more than 40 yards down the field. Dead, he's got a dead cap hit of $21 bucks. He's coming back next year. He, he will play He will play next year. Um, Do you think he can restructure? Would he restructure? I wouldn't. Why would he? No, he's going to take the cash from the Saints and then wrap it up in 2019 and hope he can win a Super Bowl. I, I'm with you on Brady. Look, this is – Again, I've, this is my ninth Super Bowl with CBS. The Patriots have been to six of them. This is Tom Brady's third straight Super Bowl appearance. It's insane. He's getting, he has more Super Bowl appearances in his forties than any other. I'm trying to think who Ben has two, Ben has two appearances. Three appearances. Three. Okay, Ben has three. All right, I was gonna say he, he has more than any other any other active quarterback. Eli has two. Eli has two. He won them both. Um, ben has three. I mean, why would Brady stop playing? I get it. If you win it, you could walk away on the mountaintop. I, I think my concern. We talk about the age difference between Belichick and um, 
and McVeigh. I do think there is one big factor that, that, that has me worried a little bit about the Rams, and that's Wade Phillips. Because he has beaten, he has led a defense that has beaten Tom Brady and has beaten Bill Belichick with the Denver Broncos. Now, different set of circumstances, but they had the defensive players to get pressure on Brady up the, up the middle. They had the yeah. quarterbacks, um, to, to lock down some of these guys in man coverage. I think he'll know how to slow down Julian Edelman. I mean, that's something the Chiefs just wouldn't do on third down. They couldn't do And by the way, if Ndamukong Sue decides he wants to stop the run, he'll, he'll help in stopping the run. So that's something he does. You know, once a month, but maybe it falls on two weeks from now, and and that's a big part of what the the Patriots do well. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I were betting on it right now, I would take the Patriots minus one and a half, and I went ahead and got a bet in on it. I took the Chiefs plus three. By the way, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, or the Chiefs, excuse me, the uh, AFC cha- AFC. No, it's like you lost that bet. Yeah, 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 it's like, <laughs> okay, congrats on the loss. The uh, no, I took the I took the AFC plus three on uh on on the podcast with RJ before. And now you have a huge window where you could take the, you know, you could get a hit both of them. But, um, over under is 58. That's the highest it's ever been. I don't know how, you, I don't know how you can take the under. Every, these Patriots, these games just go over. I mean, every freaking one of them goes over. It's unbelievable. Over, I'm taking o- the under and I'm taking the Rams. Book it. Okay. Um, the, you know, the worst, the least exciting Patriots Super Bowl. Of the nine that they've been to under Bill Belichick was right. The first one wasn't it? The Eagles. No, no probably the Eagles. The first one Eagles was one where the Eagles. It's yeah. the Eagles one where they made it a one score game, but super late and yeah. it wasn't really. And it's like I mean, Ab was puking and there's a broken leg. That was the worst oh, one. Fred X. Yeah, and that was like a pretty good one. The Panthers one was wild, thirty two twenty nine. The two Giants Super Bowls were insane. The Seahawks Super Bowl was maybe the greatest game I think I've ever seen in person. Yeah. Until I saw the Falcons game, which might have been the greatest game I ever saw in person. Until I saw the Eagles game, which might have been the greatest. I mean, like these Patriots Super Bowls are bananas, and it's not hard to imagine a situation where, like the Saints game this week, like the Patriots get out to a lead, and then Jared Goff and the and the, and the Rams create some sort of wild comeback. I don't know. This could be a good Super Bowl. Anything else to add, Ryan, before you go to sleep? No, I think I think uh, I think you hit on it. Uh, Tom Brady was the best player on the planet two years ago when they, they come back in Atlanta. He only got outplayed by Nick Foles last year because Nick Foles balled out in January and February. And um, I don't think there's any reason to think he won't ball out again, Tom Brady, uh, in two weeks. I mean, Tom- so three of us taking the Patriots. Ryan's taking the Rams. I mean, Tom Brady, Tom Brady went 28 for 48 for 505 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions in the Super Bowl last year and lost. I don't know. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, what do you do with that? You throw for five. What did Patrick Mahomes do is the question. He would have thrown for 350 yards and Sean would, Sean would have said he had a better game. No, if, <laughs> uh, no, we're not doing this. I'm not getting into this. I mean, I just, I like, I don't, I, I mean, again, like, maybe this is Brady's last game that we're going to watch in two weeks. I don't know. Nope. But the dude has thrown, he has thrown for 971 yards in his last two Super Bowls. Why is he walking? Why would he walk away? 971 yards, all those touchdowns. He's one and one. He's that close to being two and two. He's, th- I mean, like, he's this close to be playing for like his, for his ninth Super Bowl win. It's nuts. Why would you walk away? Yeah, it's not like the Patriots have a guy ready to inherit his job. They got rid of Garoppolo. Like, they don't want him to go. They want him to stick around for a couple more years so they can draft the next guy and develop him behind him. That's right. Uh, all right. We got Shaw's Big Milk Take of the Week. We got Breach in New Orleans. Go have a hurricane. Ryan, enjoy your flight to Mobile. We will talk to you on thir- Friday. 
Talk to you again on Friday for a little uh, Senior Bowl update from our NFL draft expert. All right. From the, from the local tea shop. Lord yes. willing, yeah. What time's your flight to Mobile? It's tomorrow afternoon. Uh, oh, are you going tomorrow? Snow finish coming? Be, you're going to be there for a long time. Yeah. Two hope weeks later, I'll, I'll get to come. some tea with you. He's going to Mobile, and then he's going straight to Atlanta. Very exciting stuff. All right, let's get no, out You're of not going to be home for like two weeks. Correct. Thank Sean you, Sean. Sean is trolling you. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Does your, does your wife know about this yet, Wilson? <laughs> are, are you <laughs> playing on her at the last second? I'm going to say, look, we need to go to the grocery store, and then I'm going to say, just keep driving to the airport, and I'll say, I'll be right back. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the carry shovel aisle some and get some ice cream. And, and then, then leave. <laughs> why, is, why is Daddy running down the street? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will uh, talk to you later this week. Maybe we'll talk to one of you guys. Breach, travel safe. Sean, uh, keep up the great curtain work. And uh, Patrick Mahomes sucks. Talk to you guys later. Whoop, whoop.